are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bibles, please, to the very famous third chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. This passage is probably the life's verse or verses of as many people as I know. Proverbs chapter 3. Of course, you PMM will leave me right here now, all during the sermon. If I get loud, I don't think I will get loud, but if I do, don't turn me down. I was down in Mississippi not long ago, and the PA man turned me down, and I got loud, and I beat the stuffings out of him after the service was over. <laughs> and uh, you must have heard about it because you got three of you up there tonight. <laughs> but look, looking at you and seeing your physiques, I, I think I can handle all three of you. <laughs> so... Uh, The longer I preach, the more I love it. I've never enjoyed preaching like I enjoy it tonight. I've never enjoyed this book like I enjoy it now. I've never enjoyed my prayer closet like I enjoy it now. I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I pray all night more than I ever have. I think I understand a little bit about what the psalmist meant when he said, I will praise thee more and more. I used to think that the excited excitement of the Christian life came in the early days. When the preacher got older, he sort of settled down a little bit, and, and uh, maybe he got a little more sedate. It hasn't worked that way with me. The older I get, the more I like it. When I was a young man, I I hollered but never shouted. I screamed but never did lift my hands and praise God and holy hosannas. But as I get older, I find myself doing it more and more. And I rejoice in the word of God. Tonight I'm going to take one little line from the Bible. No, one big line from the Bible. And I'm going to dwell on it. In the third chapter of Proverbs, we'll start with verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God in man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Verse 6 is my text tonight. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now I want to say this before we begin. I have not come tonight to this meeting to entertain you. I do think we'll enjoy being together. I hope we will. 
And I certainly believe that it would please God if we had some laughter together. But I would not have come all the way from the Chicago area to this place to entertain you. I have not come tonight to instruct you. I believe there are though others in this room who could instruct you better than I from the Word of God. I have not primarily come to instruct you. I hope we'll learn something, and I think we will. But that's not the main reason I'm here tonight. I have not come tonight, and this may surprise you, I have not come to inspire you, primarily to inspire you. I do hope that we will be inspired, and I do hope that we will be instructed. I do hope that we will have some enjoyment together. But I would not have come here tonight and taken of my time. These are the early days of the opening of Hiles Anderson College. We have our grade school, our junior high school, our high school. We have two high schools. One is Hammond Baptist High School for the non-bus kids. That's uh, the Hammond Baptist Swordsman, we call them. Then we have the City Baptist High School for our bus kids. We call those the City Baptist Switchbladers. And uh, so our, um, our schools have just opened, and especially... Hiles Anderson College, and it looks like, again, we'll have a record enrollment this year. And I, I would not have come to entertain you, to instruct you, or to inspire you primarily. And I'll be honest with you, I've come tonight that God may help me to change you. I'll make it very plain before I start, I want us to walk out those doors different from when we walked in. And I trust tonight that as I speak on this subject this text in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path you'll listen carefully now to somebody in this room tonight this sermon will be the most important sermon of your life i do not know who it is but you will not know unless you listen to it and so i want to beseech you to listen carefully and intently as i bring what i believe is a thought that is life-changing. Now, I'm not a great preacher. Make no bones about it. I never have wanted to be a great preacher. never have tried to be. And if I tried, I'd have failed. But I have some wonderful truths in the Word of God, and tonight I have one of them. And if you listen carefully, it could well, I believe, transform your life. I want to speak tonight on this subject. Yesterday's fantasy versus today's reality or realities. Yesterday's fantasies versus today's realities. Now, to get what you need to out of this sermon, you can't talk to each other. To get what you need to, you have to focus your eyes right on me for the entire service. As I talk to you, what I believe is one of the most important truths of the Christian life, yesterday's fantasies versus today's realities. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight for this place. How I thank God for this fine young pastor. I remember when I was out here, was it the last time? He wasn't well. He was having a few chest pains. We were concerned about him. The church was concerned. And I want to thank you that it wasn't anything serious. I want to thank you that you gave him health and that he's on his feet and leading the church in a marvelous way. I want to thank you for the way you blessed his ministry. I want to thank you for these dear people who have been loyal and faithful. I want to thank you for the way they... They go down to the, the parking lot to the school building down the street and, and park their cars and get on the shuttle buses and come here so others can have the parking places here. There are so many things about these people that are admirable. And certainly, 
I'd love to be a help and blessing to them tonight. Bless, I pray, this message to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I, like every other pastor in this room tonight, have sought to answer to the depressions and the frustrations of our fundamental people. I've been amazed as I travel across the country and as I counsel with my own people the, <coughs> the uh, <coughs> depressions and frustrations of the people. I, like every other pastor in this room tonight, have sought um, the answer to the heartbreaks and the breakdowns and the unhappiness of many of our people. I have searched for the answers, and I believe I have found some of the answers. I'm talking tonight in this room to numbers of people. If you're honest, you'd have to say you're having nervous problems. I'm talking to numbers of people tonight who are here tonight. <laughs> if you're honest, you'd say, I I'm depressed much of the time. I'm talking to numbers of married people, for example, who have found a, a disillusionment about your marriage and about your home and about uh, maybe the children and the relationship you've had or you're having with your children. Now, I think I've found some answers, and one of those answers is in our text tonight. Would you listen carefully? In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let me paraphrase that a little bit, and this is not uh, a translation, just, just uh, a few synonyms or paraphrasing. Put it this way. The way to success is his. Don't miss this now. Don't miss it. The way to success is his. The materials for success are yours and mine. The way <laughs> to success is his. You see, he shall direct thy path. Now the materials of success are yours. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. So your job is to provide the materials for success, and it's very simple. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he provides the, uh, the, uh, um, the way to success, and he shall direct thy path. Let me paraphrase it again, please. Be what you are supposed to be, and he will take you where you are supposed to go. That's a paraphrasing of it. You be what you're supposed to be. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will take you where you're supposed to go, and he shall direct thy path. Now listen carefully. There are two parts to this verse. The first part is mine. In all thy ways, <laughs> acknowledge him. Now, that's my part. That's not God's part. That's mine. And God does not enter into my part. It's my job to acknowledge him. It's my job to praise him. It's my job to please him. It's my job to preach him. It's my job to teach him. It's my job to worship him. It's my job to honor him. In all of my ways, in my work, in my play, in my home, <laughs> in my study, in my business, in my church, in my school, in my preaching, in all of my ways, I'm supposed to acknowledge him. Now, that's my part. He does not come over here on my side. Now then it says, he shall direct thy path. Now that's his part. I'm not supposed to direct my path. That's his part. He's not supposed to, to come in my side. I acknowledge him. I provide the materials for success. And he directs my path. He provides the, the, uh, the uh, way 
uh, to success as he directs my path. So I said, the first part is mine, and there's a wall between my part and God's part. Here's the wall. On this side of the wall, it's my part. I'm to acknowledge him in all my ways. On this side of the wall, it is his part, and he shall direct my path. Now listen carefully. Listen carefully. Most of our heartbreaks in life are caused by our entering into the last part of this verse. Did you hear me? I said most of our heartbreaks in life are caused by our entering into his part of this verse. It is not my job to plan my life. That's his. It is not my job <laughs> to correct my path. It's his. It is not my job to dream of my future. It is his. It is not my job to fantasize of what I would like to be. It's his. The directing of my... Listen, what I am, what title I hold, what job I fill, what position I have... My path I walk, the path I tread, where I'm going, that's his job. It is not my job. It is my job in all my ways to acknowledge him. Now, I'm talking to folks tonight all of this room. You're not happy. You're depressed. You're, you're melancholy. You're blue. You're frustrated. And one of the main reasons is you are trying to do God's part of this verse. And in, in trying to do God's part of this verse... You're not doing your part as you should. Listen, you just get busy praising him. You just get busy exalting him. You just get busy preaching him. You just get busy teaching him. You just get busy honoring him. You just get busy uh, praising him and worshiping him. And he will direct thy path. It is his job to plan my life and put me where it wants me. It is my job to acknowledge him in all my ways. Now, here's what we do. Hear me carefully now. Hear me carefully. Everybody look this way. We compare today's reality with yesterday's fantasy. Now follow me. Yesterday we dreamed of what today would be like. And we fantasized <laughs> what we'd do and what we'd be. Now, what happens is, today comes. And today's reality is here. And then we have all drawn out here on one side yesterday's fantasy of what today would be like. Yesterday's dream of what today would be like. Now, we come today and we face today's realities. And we compare what is happening today to what we thought yesterday would happen today. And it does not compare favorably because we, <laughs> today's reality has not fulfilled the dreams and fantasies and hopes and goals of yesterday. Look, today hasn't got a chance to compare with yesterday's dreams for today and fantasies for today. We compare today's progress with yesterday's plans. Yesterday, we plan. Here, it is not our job to plan. It's his job to plan. He shall direct our path. What's my job? Acknowledge him. What's my job? Praise him. What's my job? Preach him. What's his job? Direct my path. It is not my job to plan my life. It is his job to plan my life. And if I, listen, we have students in Howells Anderson College that have dreams that will never be fulfilled. And because, listen, every dream that you have should not be a dream of achievement. It should be a dream of effort. 
You say, what are your dreams for the future? I, I'm going to do my best. What are your dreams for the future? I'm going to give all I have to God. What are your dreams for First Baptist Church of Hammond? Best I can do. How many of you plan to have in Sunday school in 10 years? All I can get. Well, how many is that? Don't know. We may be in the catacombs, hiding from the government. See, it's not. If, if I today plan my tomorrow, I am doing his job. It's his job to plan my tomorrow. But most of us are so busy planning tomorrow and making our goals for tomorrow. Now, I believe in goals, but not goals of achievement. I believe in goals of effort and goals of diligence and goals of dedication. My goal for tomorrow is give all I've got. My goal for tomorrow is do my best. My goal for tomorrow is give, give, give God everything I have. That's my job. And His job is to direct my path. Somebody came to our church not long ago. And they, they came asked if they could see the auditorium. And I took them over there. and We saw that big thing. And they said, uh, how much of it do you fill every Sunday? And I said, we run it over every Sunday. And if we had one twice this big, we could bring everybody in and still run it over every Sunday. He said, Dr. Hiles, I guess this is the fulfillment of your dreams, isn't it? And I said, no, sir. No way. I never dreamed anything like this. Good night. No way. He said, you mean you never had any dreams? I said, yes, I did. What was your dream? Do the best I could. When you came to Hammond 25 years ago last month, did you dream this would all happen? No. I didn't come to Hammond to build a Sunday school with 20,000 people. I didn't come to Hammond to build a church with 65,000 members. I didn't come to Hammond to build a college. I came to Hammond by the grace of God to give it all I had to do my best, to do all I could for God, and He directs my path. But if I make my plans, for example, let's suppose that I, that I said next year we'll average 30,000 in Sunday school. And I said to my people, 30,000 next year. And suppose we had 25,000 next year. We'd be disappointed. But suppose I say, let's work our fool heads off. In your case, you'd be an improvement to your looks. But um, but suppose I say, let's work our fool heads off and do the best we can. And suppose God gives us 25,000 average next year. You see, then we have grown from this year's average tremendously but we are not comparing our dreams of today as we dreamed yesterday and as we fantasized yesterday. We fantasized yesterday to do our best today and God gave the victory. Listen, here, here's your problem. This is why some of you folks are not happy. You dreamed yesterday of what today would be and you got out of your territory that's not your business. Your business is to, to, is to acknowledge Him. Your business is to love Him. Your business is to serve Him. Your business is to honor Him. Your business is to praise Him. And His business is to plan your path and lead your path and direct your path and decide your path. And th that's why you're miserable. Because you had some dreams yesterday for today and the yesterday's dreams do not compare to today's realities and you're not happy about it. We judge success by where we are instead of what we are. And by the way, the where is none of our business. Let me say this. 
I tell our students at Howells Anderson College this. I'm more concerned about the where of the will of God, I'm sorry, the what of the will of God, than I am the where of the will of God. When they come to my office and say, Pastor, would you help me to pray about the will of God for my life? They're not talking about what, they're talking about where. But I had rather be doing the right what in the wrong where than the right where in the wrong what. You understand that? You understand it? Explain it to me after the service. I'm confused about it. Now look, it is more important that I be doing what God said to do than I be where God said to be. I had rather be obeying God's command to win souls and fight the devil. If God wanted me in Maine, I had rather be in Nevada doing the right thing than in Maine, the right place, and not doing the right. Our world's full of missionaries who got to where right on the, right on the button, but they're not doing the what? I mean, uh, our country's full of missionaries that are going around the world, sitting right in the center of God's will and disobeying the Great Commission. I had rather see a fella outside the where of the will of God and inside the what of the will of God. Listen, it is my job to acknowledge him. That's my job. It's his job to direct my path. We equate success with reaching our goal. Or fulfilling our dreams. We make goals that depend on others. Did you hear that? Let me illustrate. I mean, I'm excited tonight. I really am. I mean, I, I, I got a thrill a while ago that just, just lifted me above the clouds. My mama has been trying to get to heaven for several months now. No, they, no they've been trying to get her there, but she won't go. She... She's, she has been, they've told me a dozen times that she wouldn't make the night uh, in the last, since, since last January. But Mama just is not ready to go to heaven yet. She wants to hang around here. Last Sunday night, we could go last night, my sister called me and said, Jack, rush please. They said, Mama, we'll just live a few minutes and if you, you may not get here in time to see her alive. I rushed out to the, Mama's room and she lives in the clinic at Howells Anderson College. And uh, she had all kinds of, they, they drilled a hole in her chest and were feeding her through here. And she had oxygen and, and, uh, and she was in a coma. Did, and, and, and was spitting up awful looking stuff, a cup full about every hour, awful looking stuff. And fighting to breathe. <clears throat> Looked like every breath was her last. The doctor came out and said, Pastor, she may not make the night. She did make the night, and, but she's in a coma all week. Never, never responded to a thing. Stick her with a pen. She wouldn't, she wouldn't move. Talked to her. Didn't know whether she heard you or not. And uh, I called my sister a while ago, and I said, uh, early and I said, how's mother? And she said, Jack, you won't believe it. She said, she's talking a little bit. And I, <laughs> I said, I wish I was there to hear her. She said, won't you? Why don't you? Um, I said, can you understand her? And she said, some of it. <laughs> she said, a little bit of it. And uh, she's out of her coma a little bit. <laughs> I said, put the telephone on her ear. And she put the telephone on Mother's ear. And I said, I love you, Mother. And a faint little voice came back and said, I love you too, son. And I thought I'd never get to see that again, hear that again. Now listen, hear me carefully. When I call my mother, I call my mother not expecting her to say, I love you tonight. And if she had not, my dream, 
My dream was not built around her response. My dream was built around what I could do. <laughs> I called her to tell her I loved her and I knew I could do that. I did not know if she could hear or respond. So my total expectation, my total desire and dream was, hear me now, was wrapped up within my reach. And I refused to let my joy and my happiness be dependent upon anything outside my reach. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue. My disposition depends on you, not me. No way. No way. I'm not going to let my, my disposition depend on you, pussyfooters, not me. No way. No, I'm always happy. I'm never blue. My disposition depends on you. He never changes, you see. So I called and I said, Erlene, let me tell Mama I love her. She said, Jack, she's talking some. Now, I would not have been unhappy if she had not talked. Because my happiness depended on what I, I could do, and I knew I could do it. That's one reason why a bunch of deacons can't make me unhappy. Because my unhappiness is, is, is dependent only on what I can do. That's why a bunch of long-tongued sisters in the church that want to gossip, they can't make me unhappy. Why? Because my happiness depends on that which is constant. In here, it's within my reach, and I refuse to let you or any other outside stimulus determine my joy or sadness. Boy, oh, this is good. <laughs> Wish I'd known this when I was your age. You see, we see our heroes, and hear me carefully, we see our heroes and want to get where they are instead of wanting to be what they are. Did you know I can be a Lee Robertson if I want to? It's within my reach. Now I may never do what he did, but I can be I can be what he is. You see, that's one reason why biographies are ruining us. A young preacher said to me, he said, Dr. Tiles, I get up at four o'clock every morning and pray. He said, just like John Wesley. I said, What time do you go to bed? He said, twelve thirty. I said, that's not like John Wesley. I said, John Wesley went to bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> now I said, see, you're not going to be like John Wesley. You're going to die young. Because you're going to bed by you and getting up by John Wesley and it won't work. And here's, see... Young preachers say, boy, I tell you what, I'd like to pastor a great church. Not me, I'd like to acknowledge him. I'd like to someday, boy, I'd like to follow B. Robertson at Highland Park Baptist Church or J.R. Faulkner, and I'd like to, not me, I'd like to acknowledge him. Boy, you say someday I want to have 20,000 Sunday school, not me, I, want, I never in the fondest dream of my life ever dreamed about going to Hammond and having 20,000 people, but I dreamed about going to Hammond and acknowledging and preaching and teaching and loving and praising and honoring and serving and glorifying and worshiping my God, and He has directed my path because in all my ways I acknowledge Him. Our goals 
or accomplishment goals and not character goals. In other words, we equate success by comparing our utopia with our progress. We take yesterday's fantasies of what today would be like. And then when today comes, we, we take, listen, when we fantasized yesterday about today, we didn't include the commode getting stopped up. We didn't include the kid getting, beat, getting bit by a dog or finding a mouse in the, in, in the kitchen. You see, now folks, those are realities. But we didn't include those. We just fantasize how wonderful tomorrow is going to be. It's not your job to fantasize how great tomorrow is going to be. It is your job to acknowledge Him today. That's your job. His job to take care of tomorrow. He shall direct thy paths. Illustration. A young lady dreams of her marriage. She dreams of exactly what it's going to be like. The ideal marriage, she builds her dreams, she fantasizes how wonderful it's going to be to live with Prince Charming forever. But she doesn't realize that when reality comes, Prince Charming might have a 44 waist <laughs> and a bald head. I wasn't looking at you for on purpose. <laughs> so what happened? She said, this is the way I think marriage ought to be. That's not your business, honey. It is your business to say, I am going to be a spiritual, godly, obedient, submissive wife to my husband. I don't know how it's going to be. That's God's business to direct my path. I will acknowledge him and obey him. Not included in her dream is the hot water all used up by the time she gets to the bathtub. The dandelions in the lawn. <laughs> the mother-in-law living with them for two years. That's not a part. But folks, that's reality. I know my mother-in-law lives in my house now. And I've been alone for the last three days with her in the house. Now folks, those were not a part of my youthful dream. A young couple plans for a child. They plan the perfect child-parent relationship. And they read all the books. You don't need to read a bunch of books about rearing children. Just one's all you need. Mine. <laughs> you, you thought I meant the Bible, didn't you? After you've read mine, if you need some more help, check the Bible too. But all the plans before our first baby came, 32, almost 33 years ago, I had all the plans <clears throat> laid out. We were going to read the Bible to her every night for 30 minutes. I mean, when she came home from the hospital. 
I was going to give her some character training. Those are my fantasies, my dreams. Reality? Colic for three months. Formula. Didn't agree with her. All night long, walking the floor. I'm walking the floor over you. I can't sleep a wink, that is true. Walking and I'm talking till my heart breaks right in two. I'm walking the floor over you. Don't eat your heart out. And, but you know, I mean, the reality was, all night long, I'd walk and sing, good little girls don't cry, 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 cry. Good little girls, don't cry, cry, cry. Why can't you be a good little girl? Good little girls, don't cry, cry, cry. Now that's not what I fantasize. I fantasize her memorizing the 23rd Psalm by 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, don't you see what I'm saying? I made my plans and I dreamed of what they would be. And when reality came, I compared reality of today to my fantasies of yesterday. It didn't work out, and I wasn't happy about it. And that's one reason you're not happy. You let God take care of reality of today, and you acknowledge Him. That's your job. That's your business. A young preacher plans to pastor. <laughs> and he got it all planned out, what it's going to be like. But it doesn't work that way. I mean, you plan out that perfect relationship with your deacons. It don't work that way. A little girl in our church used to say, I like First Baptist Church because a pastor stands behind the pulpit and all the demons sit down on the front. <laughs> we have 117 de deacons in our church. I, I have the finest deacon board in the world, but my deacons meetings are not what I planned. And the young pastor, he, he, he planned, <laughs> uh, fantasizes. Andrew, you say, don't you have dreams? Yes, I do. You say, Brother House, what are your dreams? My dreams are to give it all I've got till I face my Savior. And he shall direct my path. A church plans to call a pastor. And they have dreams of what it's going to be like. That's one reason why I tell our Howells Anderson College students, young men come to me, pastor, <laughs> and they say, Brother Howells, pray that I'll get this kind of a girl. And they got ten things there, qualifications. <laughs> this is what I believe I need in a wife. These are the ten requirements I'm looking for. And I say to them, if you find her, you better hope she hasn't got a list. Young ladies come, and they say, Pastor, this is what I'm looking for in a fella. I said, if you find him, he won't need you. He don't need to help me. He's got it made already. Your job is to help make him what he ought to be. If he's already what he ought to be, you can't help make him what he ought to be. The truth is, you just get busy acknowledging God and seeking God's will and serving God, and he will direct your path. So what happened? Young lady gets married. She has her fantasy all laid out. 
And then she takes the reality of today and puts it beside her fantasies of yesterday for today. It doesn't measure up. So what does she do? She says, this other guy I work with, he's my dream. And so she trades today's reality for tomorrow's fantasy. And she divorces her first guy to get the second guy because he is her dream. But she finds out tomorrow that his reality is not equal to her fantasy of him. And so she tries somebody else and she finds he in reality is not the fulfillment of her fantasy about him. And she goes through life miserable. Why? She's searching her fantasy. She's trying to get her fantasy. She's trying to fulfill her dream. She's trying to find her goal. When what she ought to do is just acknowledge God and serve Him and love Him and obey Him and do what He says and live in His book and say, God, you take care of my path. That's my that's his business. So what happens? Pastor goes to his church. He puts his dreams of yesterday besides the reality of today. And he finds that the church is not what he thought it'd be. And America is full, Pastor. America's full tonight of men who have gone from church to church. Great men, in some cases, far better preachers than I am. You know the real difference in a big preacher and a little preacher? The difference is when the big preacher, the pastor of the big church, got to the same place in his ministry where the fellow pastors of the little church quit, he stayed. I had, I, had no, I had no dreams of what First Baptist Church would be like. Not my job. I had no fantasy of what someday I never saw. <laughs> Great auditorium, never saw it. You say, what did you see? I saw a whole Chicago area that broke my heart. And I said, dear God, I'm going to give my life. If you'll let me stay here the rest of my life, I'll give my life to doing what I can to reach these people. How many I can reach, I don't know. How many I can baptize, I don't know. But I'll promise you as hard as these hands will work and as fast as these legs will go and as quick as this mind will think and as warm as this heart can be, I'll give you all I've got. And it's up to you to take care of my path. You direct my path. What happens? Church dreams about its pastor. It fantasizes as to what he's going to be like. He comes, and reality is compared. The reality of today is compared to yesterday's fantasy. What happens? They vote him out and look for somebody else who does not fulfill yesterday's dreams. They vote him out and look for somebody else who does not fulfilled yesterday's dreams they vote him out and look for somebody else and the average person in this room tonight listen most every lady I know is nervous every woman I know is either having a nervous breakdown is just gotten over a nervous breakdown or is going to have one when she can work it into her schedule you know that's the truth I was preaching in Baton Rouge. I probably shouldn't say this, but I say so many things I shouldn't say. One more is not really going to hurt a great deal. <laughs> I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Preaching 
a very well-known preacher was sharing the platform with me, and if I called his name, everybody here tonight would know who he is. Famous, well-known preacher. We're the same age. We're driving to the service, and he said, Brother Jack, what's the middle-aged crisis doing to you? I said, the middle of what? What is? He said, the middle-aged crisis. How's it affecting you? It's been about five years ago. I said, maybe I missed it. <laughs> I said, what is it? He said, don't, don't kid me. <laughs> he said, you know what it is. He said, if we're not in the middle of this crisis right now, why are we depressed so much? And I said, where do you get that first person plural? You give your testimony, I'll give mine. <laughs> he said, you know, <laughs> blue, depressed, melancholy, discouraged. He said, that's a part of the middle-aged crisis. I said, I have middle, I'm not middle-aged yet. Now, here's what I shouldn't say. I'm going to say, if you don't like it, you can stay home tomorrow night. But some of you ladies... have attributed your depression to the wrong offenders. You expected to have it, so you got it. My Bible doesn't say, my peace give I unto thee, except in menopause. I said that not long ago, a lady got up and said, I hate you. He didn't know it, but I was real fond of her. <laughs> now you listen to me. I've got as many reasons tonight to cry as anybody in this room. My mama is on her deathbed. Now I've got enough reasons tonight to go home and lament all night long, but I'm not going to... Why? Because, listen, I have a job to do, and my job is to acknowledge Him. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to step on my lower lip. I'm not here to have a pity party. I'm here to acknowledge Him. If I acknowledge Him, He'll direct my path. And I have no dreams of today with which I compare the realities of today with. And so my dreams are not shattered, and my plans are not broken, and my air castles have not fallen because all I had planned to do at this point in my life was acknowledge Him. And nobody can keep me from doing that. If you don't want me to preach in here, I'll go out in the street and preach. I'll go out to the airport and preach. I'll go down in the middle of San Francisco and preach to the future people down there. Nobody can keep me from doing my end of the bargain. Now listen, you get over on your side and acknowledge him, preach him, praise him, love him, honor him, serve him, give him the best you've got. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.